first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. Oh, they touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> first, you're Welcome to Running Hot, Action Network's motorsports betting podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. Joining me as always, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotor Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Food City Bristol Dirt Race here on Running Hot. Last week, Kyle Larson drove to his first win of the year at Richmond Raceway. He came out on top after taking some damage early in the race from a pit road collision. His Hendrick Motorsports teammate, William Byron, was strong, as were the Joe Gibbs racing Toyotas with Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, and Martin Truex Jr., all leading at various times in the race. So, Stevie... What did you think of Richmond? Did you think the racing was good? And just in general, what did you think about Larson, the Gibbs guys? What did we learn from Richmond overall? I think I'm a huge like fan of this package. I think that it's fantastic, and I don't want it to go away. Because, I mean, I think the product on track was just fantastic. Like, we saw passes for the lead. We saw fall off. We saw you could have multiple different strategies. I mean, Josh Berry is the excellent example, and it's weird to say that when we're talking about that nine team in general when it comes to strategy, but they were going to go a lap down, so they made it where, hey, we're going to pit one extra time. If no cautions come out, we'll stay on the lead lap going into the final stage, and that's exactly what happened. So that strategy led for him to stay on the lead lap, which also led for him to do some strategy in that final stage and give him a chance to finish inside the top five and honestly, give him a chance to win the race. You know, we all know that, like, that's his background, managing tires at this type of racetrack is what he grew up on. But we really got to kind of see it shine because of strategy. And, I mean, we saw the Fords kind of launch really fast, which we thought Harvick was going to be great long run. And really, it was the JGR cars. I mean, even Ty Gibbs was fast on the long run. So, I think the package was fantastic. I think the racing on track was fantastic. And the fact that like we're getting some tire wear at Richmond now, plus we're getting tire wear with this package. Like I can't wait for the fall race. I I think Richmond is a track that we should all be excited on, you know, kind of betting and on the fantasy side of things too. Yeah, 100% agree. You mentioned Josh Berry. He did finish second. William Byron, of course, was strong leading a bunch of laps as well. So Hendrick, Joe Gibbs racing, the Toyotas in general, you know, they were all really good. A little bit of concern still for the Fords. Joey Logano had maybe a borderline top 10 car. I know he finished seventh, maybe a bit flattering there. He was really good on the restarts. He fires off so well. We saw the same thing at Phoenix, fires off well, but didn't quite have the long run speed and and similar for his teammate, Ryan Blaney. Austin Cindric wasn't near the top 10 all day. So kind of continuing that trend we saw from Phoenix, but it is time to move on from Richmond to The third annual Bristol Dirt Race. NASCAR is kind of returning to its roots with the the dirt racing. Obviously, they last raced on dirt prior to 2021 in the 60s. So it's just an interesting style of racing that 
most people our age or anybody our age and, and most people currently who are NASCAR fans didn't get to see until two years ago. So we've seen two Bristol dirt races, Stevie. It's it's pretty tough without a huge sample size. So how are you looking to handicap Bristol dirt overall? Make some shots on some long shots. I mean, it, it's going to be way different this year to years past. I mean, we got a Sunday night race and, you know, everybody that, you know, I grew up at a dirt track, you know, like a night race on dirt is going to be way better than a daytime race on dirt. So, I mean, that's huge. They're taking away live pit stops, which I think is massive. It's the most important thing coming into the weekend. Like practice is going to be nice to see who's fast and everything, but no live pit stops. Strategy has crushed people at the dirt race over the last two years. So I love the fact that we're getting away from live pit stops. I think that this is an excellent chance for fast cars to be fast. And like we see really good racing at the front where strategy doesn't put a fast car 20th and they get damaged and we never see them again. So I'm not a fan of no live pit stops normal weeks, but I am a huge fan of it this week. So as far as handicapping it, I mean, you have to look at the data that we have, obviously, but you have to look in depth into that data. Like one of my favorite things is... Who's been able to pass? Who's been able to pass these last two dirt races? And it's not something that we talk about a lot when we're looking at, you know, weeks ahead of things. So I think you want someone that you know can pass because if you could pass on Bristol dirt the last two years, that means you're passing on multiple grooves on the dirt track and you're probably going to be good enough to pass this year as well. So, I mean, that's a the quality pass percentage is something I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And for those of you who don't know what Stevie is uh, saying when he's talking about no live pit stops, normally, obviously, in in NASCAR, in the Cup Series, when they pit, you know, you try to pit as fast as possible and you try to beat everybody off pit road. It's a race. Uh, When he says no live pit stops, there's basically a time limit that they're going to have and everybody's going to come in and pit. They're going to make the changes they need and they're going to come back out in the same order that they came in, barring any penalties, of course. So that's what Stevie means there. They're going to go into the pit box, into the you know pit road in the same order, and they're going to come out in the same order. So pit stops aren't going to affect the outcome of the race in that way. So that, again, removes the strategy element. It removes the potential for pit mishaps to affect the race, and it's going to let the faster cars, as Stevie mentioned, stay toward the front. So definitely a big change it also, there. It also, I don't want to interrupt you, but oh, it also, fine. like, we have potential strategy now, too. I mean, you yep. don't have to pit. Like that end of the first stage or whatever, like they have enough gas to run like 150 laps here. So, I mean, it just opens up strategy as well. So we saw with the truck race when they used to do Eldora with no live pit stops and it always made for fun, exciting racing. So as a fan, I I, I can't wait. And I think on the betting aspect, I think it's going to be huge because we can really kind of target the cars that seem to unload a lot of speed where... We know they're probably going to do well in the heat race and practice this Friday, qualifying Saturday. So we have like a 12 hour to 16 hour window to see if any books leave anything up that we want to take advantage of. Yeah, definitely. So because we are on dirt, this is a different surface and all these NASCAR drivers, they have very different backgrounds and how they got into the cup series. Some guys have a dirt background. I mean, you think about Christopher Bell or Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And then other guys, Martin Truex Jr., Daniel Suarez, they had a very good first Bristol dirt race and they had never really raced on dirt before either of them. I know Daniel Suarez said his first laps ever were for the actual race itself because they didn't even have the heat races the first year. How much does dirt background versus non-dirt background seem to matter to you? Also, I don't think it mattered too much that first year. The track was so like mm-hmm. hard and they didn't like get 
really good dirt racing. It was more like an asphalt track. And we saw Martin Trex Jr. who has no background whatsoever. He's one of the fastest cars and he dominated the truck race with no experience. So I think it's important for sure to have a background in dirt, especially like now this new car. Look who did well last year. Like Kyle Busch did well last year, won this race. He has been racing dirt a lot over the last two or three years. Tyler Reddick, he has some dirt background. Joey Logano doesn't have any dirt background, but let's just be honest. Joey Logano is a talent. He is so incredible. He can drive anything. So Kyle Larson was one of the fastest cars last year. He has a huge background. Alex Bowman has spent a ton of time racing dirt over the last two or three years. He finished sixth last year. Christopher Bell finished seventh. He's a dirt background racer. So while we say it doesn't matter that much, look at who finished in the top 10. Like Ty Dillon finished 10th last year. He has a big background in dirt racing. So it matters. We still see guys that don't have dirt backgrounds do well, but guys that have the dirt background are going to know how to find the lines that are going to be the fastest and try to find the grip and be able to move around. I mean, so if you're just trying to run the bottom the whole race, you're going to finish 15th. If you can't move around and find the grip, you're not going to finish well. So I think dirt background matters a lot. Is it going to be like an end all for me? No, Joey Logano doesn't have any. He won the first dirt race. So, I I mean, I think you have to have the right mix. Do I think a dirt background guy wins the race? Yes, I do. Yeah, definitely. And with that, obviously, we do have a dirt specialist in this race. We have Jonathan Davenport racing the number 13 colleague car. What are your prospects here? I know when that got announced, you were kind of excited about it. What do you what do you think about him? Uh, very talented in the dirt world. I'm really excited for him in the trucks. I think he has a much better chance to potentially win the truck race than he does the cup race. I just the cup cars, even though like he's gonna get some time hopefully with practice and qualifying and the the races, the the heat races and stuff. I still think it's a whole different animal for someone that's not in the cup car. Where I think you can get into a truck and you can be competitive right off the bat. So. I mean, I would be shocked if he finishes inside the top 10 and he's one of the better dirt racers in you know the United States. So, I mean, that's kind of where it's like you have to have the right mix between dirt and non-dirt. But, yep. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes out and he's fast and with this no live pit stop thing. I mean, he's not getting the downgrade of, hey, he's got the third pit crew for colleague racing this weekend because mm-hmm. there's no such thing. There's no... The only way you're losing time on pit road is if you spend more than I think it's like the three minutes or whatever it is. So they're red flagging the race. So like there's no pit road penalty speeding penalties because everyone's going to be slow. Like it just adds that aspect. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Jonathan Davenport does. So you mentioned year one, the track was kind of hard. Obviously, we saw a lot of just dirt get kicked up. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't wet enough. It, It raced a little bit more like an asphalt track. Obviously, it wasn't an asphalt track, but it certainly raced a little more like one. Last year really did race like a dirt track. I assume we're going to expect that again this year, but do you think it's going to be even more differences? What are we kind of expecting in year three? I think it's just going to keep getting better. I'm not a huge fan, for what it's worth, of them running Bristol dirt. I feel like Bristol, concrete Bristol is one of the best races that we have. And I I mean, why not just do this at a dirt track that's built for this? Mm -hmm. With that said, I mean, if you look from year one to two, it got way better. Year one was a a mess. I'm not even going to use the right terms, but it was a mess. We'll just call it that. Year two, I mean, last year was fine. We saw the dirt racers do way better last year than year one. I mean, look at the the top 10 last year compared to the top 10 year one was way different in the type of driver. So I think it's just going to keep getting better. I think the Sunday night race aspect helps. I think the fact that there's some rain in the forecast this weekend and going to wet up the track even more. I mean, it's just, it's really like, 
it, this isn't a concrete track. So if it rains a lot on Sunday morning, are we going to be ready to race Sunday night kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I think just going to be interesting to see how the track kind of plays out what it, you know, what it, its composition is like from the potential rain this weekend and just how NASCAR treats it in general. But I, I think you're right. I think it's going to favor the dirt guys more than it did in year one and, and potentially even more than it did last year. So that is our preview for Bristol Dirt. Now it's time to dive into some bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Bristol with the dirt on it this time. That is four turns, one pick from each of us per turn before we dive into victory lane. So Stevie, we've taken the green flag and it's time to dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, start us off for Bristol Dirt with your turn one pick. You know, my favorite lap around any racetrack has been Bristol. It was concrete Bristol, but it was with Daryl Waltrip and he took us like right up next to the wall. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little little nervous, but favorite lap. We're going to start off with some top 10 bets or something like early in the week that I'm going to get on because if we do get practice in the heat races, we're going to see these lines move. Some are going to move to our favor, some are not. I'm going to go Martin Truex Jr. top 10 plus 115. This is anywhere from like 130 to 160. And both of the top 10s that I have for the like the first two, shop these around. I'm going to say that because they're going to be all over the place. But ninth in driver rating over the first two dirt braces here at bristol pitch strategy hurt him a lot both years so i think he's going to be one that benefits a lot from no live pit stops my model has this closer to like minus 120 so i'm showing some value at getting this at plus 115 i mean the first dirt race this guy had 40 fastest laps and 126 laps led last year he got some damage super early and we never really saw him so I think if he can go out and have a good heat race, he's someone that probably ends up in like the 15 to 20 starting position. And I think he's someone that can move forward. Martin Truex Jr. is a talented race charge driver. So I like getting him at plus 115 top 10 here. Yeah, I agree with that. And actually, he is going to be my turn one pick as well. But instead, I'm going to take him for top Toyota plus 700. Now, the top Toyota is a little tough because obviously we have dirt racer Christopher Bell. We have Tyler Reddick. Both of them should easily be the two heavily favored drivers in the Toyota camp. But things can happen on dirt, as we've seen. Christopher Bell wrecked out in year one. Tyler Reddick got wrecked uh, going into the final corner, going for the win last year by Chase Briscoe. So things can happen in these kinds of races. And after that, it is Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, even Bubba Wallace is, is is good, but none of these guys are quite the level of Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell. So if something happens to Reddick and Bell, I do think Truex at 7-1 is right there, just based off of everything you said. I mean, he led 126 laps that first Bristol Dirt Race. He even won the truck Bristol Dirt Race that year, and... Obviously, the early damage makes last year hard to assess, but if you do take out in some way, shape, or form Bell and, and Reddick, he's potentially, possibly, probably the next one in line that I would look at to be the top Toyota, maybe right up there with, with Denny Hamlin. And I think Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs will both be interesting as well in the mix. So I could certainly see wanting to take a flyer on one or the other of those for a top Toyota as well. But I like Truex top Toyota at 7-1 for my turn one pick. All right, so that is turn one. We're not going to, you know, kind of glide through turn one. We're going to drift through turn one into turn two. So it's time to drift into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. 
All right, Stevie, we're, we're getting a little squirrely in our tail here, but that's what you got to do on dirt. Maybe ride the cushion a little bit. What do you have for turn two? Really quick, before I get into my turn two pick, going back to your like top Toyota, I think getting Truex at seven to one, I think getting Gibbs at 13 to one or Wallace at 13 to one is fine as well, just because there's so many things that can happen at, at this type of racetrack where taking those long odds, there's only six. You mentioned it. There's only six Toyotas. Bell and Reddick are clearly the two favorites. That doesn't mean anything, you know, at a racetrack like this. So just wanted to kind of add that as well. Uh, my turn two pick, you know, we're hitting the gas. We're getting off turn two. We're hitting the gas. I'm going Ryan Blaney, top 10. He's finished eighth and fifth in two Bristol dirt races. Another line that is anywhere from 130 to 160 on most books. So we're getting really nice value here. 85 quality passes in those two races, the most, the most quality passes. I talked about how it's important for passing 11th and 7th in speed rankings, but he was someone that got better as the race went on both of those races. So we've seen him do it now twice. We've seen him do it on the harder type of track. We saw him do it on the more traditional dirt type of track. So I think Ryan Blaney top 10 at plus money is just fantastic value here early in the week. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, those Penske cars have looked strong both years. You mentioned Blaney, two top tens, obviously Logano, two top three finishes. Yeah. So Penske here, they've kind of hit it. They've they've definitely hit it at Bristol Dirt, and it doesn't seem to matter which kind of or style of Bristol Dirt racing we have here. So I definitely am on board with you there for Blaney, top 10. For my turn to pick, I'm going to go into this RFK, the Roush Fenway Keselowski camp here, and I'm going to take Chris Buescher minus 105 over his teammate and team owner, Brad Keselowski. Seems like now neither of these guys have a, a major dirt background here, which is actually why it almost makes this a little bit easier to handicap because we're not saying, well, this is a dirt guy versus a non-dirt guy or whatever, and they're teammates. So I, I think this is a very good spot to handicap here. Buescher just kind of has had a knack for this, though, in the two races we've run at Bristol Dirt running an average of 80.7% of the laps inside the top 15. And that's the fourth best among all drivers that ran both races. That's ahead of guys like Chase Elliott, a guy you just mentioned, Ryan Blaney, Daniel Suarez, dirt driver, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., William Byron, and even Kyle Busch, Rowdy, to name a few. And I'm not talking overall percentage of the laps. I'm talking percentage of the laps they ran. So if a driver crashed out 100 laps early, I'm just looking at the percentage of the laps he ran. So it's not penalizing them for having a problem. So Busher, fourth best in terms of percentage of laps inside the top 15 average per race. And that's definitely ahead of, I mentioned all those other guys, that's definitely ahead of Brad Keselowski. He's only at 46.8% in this number. And it's a fair comparison too, even when we, you know, I talked about not penalizing guys who have shortened races. Well, they've both completed every lap. So they didn't have like, major incidents, maybe some minor ones here or there, but Busher has been better on dirt. And, you know, one of those races, Keselowski was even in Penske equipment that first year in 2021 when Logano won. We talked about that. Blaney finished eighth. Well, Kez finished 11th in that race, which was a little bit lucky. Busher finished 14th. So Keselowski actually beat Busher in that race and Keselowski actually beat Busher last year as well. But Busher absolutely has the better stats in the predictive metrics, better quality pass percentage. Again, something you've been big on. Average running position, which of course correlates with top 15 laps. Green flag speed in both races. He just hasn't quite you know, closed it out and, and has just barely finished behind Keselowski in both of those races. But 
Long-term averages, Chris Buescher should be favored here over Keselowski. So I actually wrote it up and you'll see it on Action Network when this podcast drops as my early best bet. I like this one. So, I mean, taking the live pit stops out, I think you factor in those speed stats way more because now we're taking the like unknown part of what we try to do with pit stops away. And I mean, I'm going to factor speed in more than anything else this weekend. The fact that Bush has been better, not to mention Nick, not to mention Busher won the fall race at Bristol. He's very good at steep tracks. So if this is a harder type of track because we get rain and they pack it down too much, like he's going to benefit from that. So I like this one. This is a good one. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Well, that is turn two. Now we're going to go down the backstretch and dive into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is Turn 3 here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, I know you and I are both on this driver in Turn 3. So what do you have for this driver in Turn 3? Who is it? What's the bet? Yeah, so, I mean, the first two turns, we got our got our good value top 10s in there. Now, now I'm going to go a little bit riskier, but someone that I think can really pay big for us this week, and I know you're going to talk about it as well, Justin Haley, top 10, plus 285. This guy has been running dirt all offseason. I live close to Volusia. I spent a lot of time there. My dad works there. And this guy was there for Speed Weeks running anything that he could. So pit crew has cost him a lot this season. It has not been the best on pit road for him. This is a guy that is definitely, definitely going to benefit from no live pit stops. Average running position of 13.8 and had top 10 speed here last year. I mean, I also threw a little small bet on him at 80 to 1 to win this race because... I think like if we're taking out live pit stops and we're looking at speed, I think if this is going to play like a traditional dirt race, like he needs to be in the conversation of guys that have experience on dirt that have spent a lot of time on getting better on dirt. So if equipment is not going to matter as much at this type of racetrack, I think we have to look at the top 10. I think we have to look at him to win at 81. So very high on Justin Haley coming into the weekend. Really hope that we get practice and qualifying, which you're going to talk about here in just a second. Yeah, well, if you like him to win 80 to 1, I like him to finish top Chevy at 33 to 1. Um, right now, I'm just going to put it as a lean because I really want to do see 
what happens with this potential rain in the forecast. If the heats get wiped out completely, Haley's going to be starting towards the back with that big points penalty he's had finishing 29th at Richmond. So he'll be starting towards the, the rear of the field. We may get even better odds than this in terms of the upside bet. So, you know, obviously top Chevy or to win is an upside bet, even more so than a top 10 bet, which probably wouldn't be as affected as much. So Going to just say this is a lean for now, but you absolutely convinced me on Haley here, Stevie. Um, Not that I didn't like him coming in, but I had a different bet written up here and I changed it to this Haley top Chevy based off of you making me look a little further into the data here. And I love it. He also did have top tens in both Eldora dirt races that he ran in the truck series. Obviously, we talked about Jonathan Davenport now as a teammate to just talk things over with where the you know, certain lines may be good as whether it's practice goes on or, or just set up advice if we do get practice. And last year, Justin Haley was the sixth best Chevy in top 15 percentage and average running position. If we look at what the consensus odds are for the sixth best Chevy right now, it's either depending where you get it, uh, you know, what book it's nine to one or so with like a Ross Chastain or a Daniel Suarez type well, you know, if, if Justin Haley really is the sixth best Chevy this year, he probably should be in that nine or 10 or eight to one range, but we're getting 33 to one. Now, like I said, I only have this as a lean because of the rain in the forecast potentially for the heats. But if the week goes on and we see the rain may shift around or, or not be there during the, the time of the heats, I'll jump on 33 to one earlier because I don't want to end up losing out on that value. If we do end up having the heats and he, you know, he ends up starting 12th or something like that. And all of a sudden he's 20 to one or 18 to one, something like that. So it's a lean for now, but I'm going to watch the forecast. I may still bet it before the heats and, and practice and all that take place. Heck yeah, man. I'm, I'm in, like I said, I think he, if we get the heats, I think he has the upside to win this race. If he has to start and we don't know like qualifying order yet, that usually comes out Friday. So we don't know that yet because uh, of the metric system and all that stuff. I don't even try. Like, I'm a math person, and I, I love math, but I don't even try to figure out the metric system. Um, for, So I think this is a strong lean. This is one that, like you said, if if we get, like, a rained-out heat races, like, we might see this top 10 push to, like, 350, 400 type. Yeah, definitely. So that is our turn three pick. We're both on Justin Haley in various markets in turn three. And now it's time to dive into turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is Turn 4 here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, we're going a little bit longer odds here in Turn 4, both of us. So what's your Turn 4 pick? I mean, we're not at Daytona and Talladega by any means, but we can definitely see the the checkered flag waving, and we got to take some shots, right? I wouldn't be doing a full unit on this one. This is more like a quarter unit for me, but it's Ricky Stenhouse Jr. to win this race at plus 2,300 over on BetMGM. Speed in both races on dirt. This is a dirt racer. This guy spends a ton of time running dirt in the offseason. He has his own dirt team. Finished second the first year we ran this race. Ranks third in quality passes. Second best closing speed in the two races that we've had here. Another guy, another guy I think really benefits from not having live pit stops because I think he's going to unload with speed. I think he's going to qualify well. So I think he's someone that if we do get heat races, this line is going to move in the bad side of what we want. If we don't get heat races, this probably moves to like 28, 29, 30 to one type of thing. Cause I do think if I remember correctly, he's starting further back. I now I have to look, I'll look while you're talking and I'll, I'll, you know, circle back on that really quick, but I totally forgot to look on where he would start if it was going to rain out. 
One other thing about Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for talking, you know, recent form is I don't know how much that's going to play a factor just in terms of how well he's run this year, but he is currently sitting 16th in points. And if not for that problem at Richmond, he'd be even higher. He's had some much better finishes this year, some better runs this year than last year. So overall, just that car seems to be performing better as well there on Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah, that's going to kill him in the metric too, that issue that he had at Richmond, mm-hmm. like, because I know it factors in like previous race and he finished 35th in that race. So, yep. so I mean, yeah, you really want to see qualifying. So, I mean, this is again, like a quarter unit bet for me, but I mean, I like it, man. If we get heat races, this guy, I really think he's going to be fast this weekend. Yeah. All right. I agree with you there. I love Ricky Stenhouse Jr. this weekend. Uh, just trying to figure out where I want to go with all my bets before I, you know, I take any, too many outright bets to win. For my turn four pick, I'm I'm diving deep here. We're getting a little down and dirty for Bristol Dirt. I'm going to take a Rick Ware racing car. I'm going to take JJ Yaley to finish inside the top 10 at 50 to 1. And again, this isn't a big bet. If you want to throw a tenth of a unit or a quarter of a unit, totally fine with that. But I have something called a driver quality metric, which is how good is the driver, just the driver part of it on dirt or at various different types of tracks. And JJ Yaley, based off the results he's had in the cup series and in the truck series is fifth overall in my driver quality metric. And third, if we look just at cup series races, now obviously this is just the driver skill component, which is removing equipment, Rick Ware equipment, not good. So you definitely got to bump them way down for that. But equipment doesn't matter as much at Bristol Dirt as it does at other places. And, you know, let's look at somebody else who I know people have been high on this week, Todd Gilliland. Todd Gilliland opened as a top 10 at 14 to 1 and has been bet down to around plus 300 or so, give or take a little bit. Well, J.J. Yaley last year spent 8.1% of the laps that he ran inside the top 15 That's more than Todd Gilliland had, and he had a better average running position and driver rating than Todd Gilliland would have had had J.J. Yaley not made an early exit for a crash there. So because driver rating finishing position factors into that formula, but if you take where J.J. Yaley was running at the time and use that in the driver rating formula and make that where his average running position would have been, those would have been better than Todd Gilliland as well. And if we love Todd Gilliland at 14 to 1, and, and I do, I think it's a good bet, Todd Gilliland 14 to 1 for a top 10 finish, which of course is no longer available. We gotta like JJ Yaley at 50 to 1, a dirt guy himself. The USAC triple crown winner in the early 2000s, 2003, I think. And is just one of the legends all time in USAC, in in you know, the various USAC series there. So at the time that we're recording this, by the way, Bet MGM actually has J.J. Yaley as their biggest liability. So if you can get J.J. Yaley top 10, 50 to 1, make sure you can do that. What do you think, Stevie? I like it. I mean, I think long shots on a race like this where you can have a wreck take out 8 to 12 cars because there's just nowhere to go and you're going to be slipping and sliding. Do I think he's going to have top 10 speed? No, I don't. And I don't think you do either. And I mean, we're getting this at 50 to 1. Do I think he's going to have top 20 speed? I mean, I think it's going to be close. Is he another guy? I know I keep saying this, but is he another guy that benefits from no live pit stops? Yes. Rick Ware Racing is pitting this car. He is going to benefit from not having live pit stops. So, I mean, you have to factor this in 
I know I keep saying, and I know it's like uh, over and over and over again, but you have to factor this in this week. No live pit stops is the biggest thing for us this week. Absolutely. So that's uh, just a little flyer there. And I really like that 8.1% number inside the top 15. If you translate that into top 10, maybe it's what 3%, but that's still better than the 50 to one we're getting. So definitely like that. So we've made it through our four turns. We've completed the lap on the dirt at Bristol. Stevie, time to drive into victory lane. Where are we going? I mean, we're going back to turn one, technically. We're going to be doing donuts in turn one. We're going Mm -hmm. to Martin Truex Jr. We're just getting really nice value here at 30 to one. This is a guy that had plenty of speed both times we were here before some issues. And I mean, this is a guy that can win this race. He's got the momentum right now. This team, JGR, looks way better, way better to start this season than they did last year. So, I mean, for me... When we were talking about this, this is just more of a momentum boost bet type of thing for me. Do I like this? Yeah. I mean, getting him at 30 to one is odds that we want to see. I mean, we're getting him at plus money for a top 10. We're getting him at way plus money as top two. And like we're getting value at 30 to one to win the race. So Martin Cherix Jr. kind of the focus of the podcast early in the week. Does practice and stuff change that? Maybe. But at the end of the day, we're, this is early week value. And you know that's kind of what we're looking for here on Running Hot. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you shop around as always for the best lines here. But 30 to 1 is the best I do see out there right now. Martin Truex Jr., I definitely would take it 30 to 1 for all the reasons we've talked about. So, you know, that momentum that you're talking about from Richmond certainly as well helps. I mean, he had a really good car there, just got kind of a little bit booted out there on strategy at the Let's end. Let's just call it like it was. That. It was terrible crew chiefing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad, and he didn't have that Why extra set of tires. Why are you pitting in that first stage when everyone stayed out? Like, no, mm-hmm. it was bad. You lost the set that you really needed that would have given you a chance to win. Martin Truex Jr. would have had a chance to win the race. Yep. Martin Truex 100%. Jr. probably would have won the race. 100% agree. So that is going to do it for the Food City Bristol Dirt episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the NOCO 400 at Martinsville Speedway. Another half mile-ish track there, flatter one and not on dirt. Uh, For what is sure to be, I would think a better race than last year's cold weather affair. Obviously we have the better short track package now as well, the lower downforce package. So hopefully that Martinsville race is a lot better. On behalf of my co-host, Steven Young, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.